0: This is episode 29 of Hoops Forum, a production of Radius Athletics and a quick timeout podcast. I'm Tony Miller, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Randy Sherman. Thanks to our sponsors over at 323 Sports. Right now, they're offering several options on team packs for your basketball program. One of them includes a pack for under $100, has a jersey, shorts, tee, and a backpack. To find out more about what they can do for your basketball program, visit 323sports.com or contact a rep sales at 323sports.com. This is episode two of our series on Packline Defense. If you joined us last week, you know that from that show, we're really kind of focusing on two or three concepts within the pack line Defense. We're sharing some of the micro skills, some of the teaching cues, diagrams, even some small-sided games and some drills for you to use with your program. Randy, why don't you kind of give us uh, big-picture concepts, what we're going to be talking about, and then we can dig into the, the p- presentation here.
1: Yeah, I think big picture, we're going to, you know, just talk about things that just happen a lot when you're on defense, things you're going to have to, to execute frequently. Um, the two major ones being closing out, as we talked about last week, that's going to be a big time part of your pack, pack line defense if you're, if you're sitting in the help maybe staying in the gap when a little bit of penetration occurs and they kick to your man, you're going to be all the time, you know, going from off to on in a closeout technique. And we want to be able to do that without giving up rhythm shots. So, and straight line drive. So um, that's what we're going to talk about today. Sort of how all things around closeouts, I think second to that, we're going to talk about um, defending ball screens, a common action that a lot of offenses, a lot of offenses, excuse me, use to, uh, create an advantage and we're going to look at how within the pack line philosophy, the uh, teaching points around defending ball screens. And I think that's going to involve a little bit of talk around hard hedging, which I think is the preferred uh, method in the classic pack line uh, recipe
0: of defending ball screens. So I think that's what we're in for today. I'm going I go ahead and pull up presentation here. We're going to start out with closeouts. We'll kind of work through each of these here. We've said like some, teaching points at the beginning, and then we'll show you some some drills that you can use with it, and then also some diagrams and some plays here. All right, closeout technique in pack
1: line would start with uh, the phrase is run, run, chop, chop. Yeah, there it is. So, So the first two steps being just like natural running motion, and then chop, chop would be chopping the feet down in order to sort of stay in contact with the floor. We want to, you know, first two steps, run, run, to close the space down to our man as quickly as possible. Then we need to chop, chop to to be able to stay, keep our shoes in contact with the floor so we can absorb a,
0: a drop. I know that you said, I think we were talking about it before, but like those first two steps, teaching them maybe like long, long, and then short, short after that. Yeah, yeah. So you get those long two first steps. And then the this, this short two steps, I think a lot of it too has to deal with, you know, age of players and obviously their length of their legs, but then also being in the right position. Mm-hmm. If you're anything more than that, it's probably going to end up just being an open shot. So making sure position wise that you're close enough that it's around those two steps, long, long. And then a couple short choppies. I also mentioned about the short choppies, a younger players sometimes they'll short choppy with like three, four, or five short choppies. And by that point, like the ball is already out of the shooter's hand. Yeah, yeah. So like two or three short choppies at the very end is all that we're looking for there at the end. Yeah, just enough
1: to keep your shoes in contact with the floor so you can change direction right or left to, to level off the drive, which would be um, maybe another thing we'll get to when we talk about. Yeah. So second teaching point would be close hard, stop short, kind of along the same lines of, of we want to close hard and stop just short of the, the the player. As we progress today, we'll talk a little bit more uh, about, you know, maybe some scouting based, personnel based variations to that. But I think in general, w- closing hard, you know, a big thing that, you know, you should be Probably talking about no matter what defense you're coaching would be moving on airtime. So when the ball is, when we talk about moving on airtime, if I'm to execute a closeout to my man, the minute it leaves the middle fingernail of the passer, like I'm, I'm, I'm already in that close hard phase of this, this teaching phrase here. I don't wait till my man catches to close hard. I'm moving on airtime. So to me, that's a universal defensive principle, pack line, pressure, zone, whatever. Like when the ball moves, you move. The ball moves you with, with urgency. And then we, again, we want to stop short, stop short enough to be able to absorb and level off a drive to where if if our check does, does want to drive it immediately on the catch, we want to we want to push and reach step from that shot, stop short position to, to, to make them drive, you know, laterally rather than vertically into the paint.
0: In regards to arriving on the catch and moving on the airtime of the ball, I have found that that's one thing that you do need to show your players because mm-hmm. a lot of it is reactionary especially as they're being introduced to it. The ball's halfway between the passer and the receiver and then they're starting their move. Where it's almost you're you're anticipating. There's a fine line between anticipating and moving too early mm-hmm. to the point where you get faked out and then backdoored something like that. So, yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's it's hard to do, but with practice, you can time it as the ball is leaving their hands. They're starting to move and get there with a with a close hard.
1: Yeah, moving on air time, man. I I can't. That's just a must. <laughs> it, it's
0: fun. It's fun to watch the experienced team do this because it's you can see all four guys off the ball moving that's hard to achieve. And that takes a ton of practice. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Next um, point three here would be two hands high with elbow bent. You'll see Virginia players. Again, we're using Virginia as sort of the prototypical pack line example. They're certainly not the only team that runs this defense, but they're, they're, they're probably aspirational, right? So um, the idea of two hands high in order to, to be able to go into a contest of a shot if we need to, to have hands up to sort of deter vision, say the recipient's trying to look inside immediately to the post and being able to have hands high to be able to, like I've closed hard, I've stopped short, I've got two hands high, my elbows are bent, hands are up. And now I think one of the big teaching points is the tracing of the ball. As the you'll see Virginia players, after they've closed out a guy, maybe he's had the ball, he looked like he's going to pass, he brings it down and you'll see them mirror the ball and trace with their hands. Starts with having sort of two hands high and then getting into tracing the movement of the ball as the player probably moves it around. Another thing that's not talked about here that I, I do think is a, is a technique that is worthy of mention is the idea of popping back. So like if I close hard, I stop short, I'm, I'm just short and I might be inside my checks bubble. Like I'm really inside their personal space, if you will. But then, when they, you know, when when the offensive player sort of brings the ball down, like they might rip it through and drive, I pop back to be able to absorb that drive and, and channel it laterally.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. We would work on that a ton because what you end up with is you get so close that offenses today is all about attacking that closeout. And if you're mm-hmm. too close, that's a quick foul on your defender there. Yeah, so that pop
1: back is just a little subtle thing that you 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 see executed well with uh, the well schooled pack line defenders. Yeah, that's good.
0: All right. And fourth one here.
1: Yeah, I think this one refers to maybe when we're going from these big steps, kind of refers back to to the run, run and point one and closing hard in point two. But I think this specific teaching point refers to maybe when we're two passes away and we're dealing with a skip pass, that it's almost like an over-exaggeration of those first two steps. I think Coach Bennett, I think he talks and makes an analogy of say a, a like in baseball of a player who's maybe leading off of first base and they're they're intent upon stealing second. And when the pitcher the pitcher starts his or her delivery to the plate, there's bam bam, two big first steps and that sort of crossover step with the first one to where I can really close hard and cover ground with an over-exaggerated first two steps. That way I arrive on the catch of the skip pass, I can stop short, and I can be in the personal space of the defender when the ball arrives with with two hands high and elbow bent. But if I, if, if I have a wasted and non-economical step or I step back or I don't move on airtime and we're talking about a skip, then the ball might arrive to that player with time and space enough to shoot or put me at a real disadvantage or I'm having to lunge or get out over my toes and I'm, then I'm susceptible to get driven, or I'm, I'm in no way going to be able to level off the drive to the east or west. So, like you know, not every player is the same, and not every offensive player has the same skill set. So, I think the theory behind the closeout technique in pack line is that that we won't close out all players the same. Now, if you went into a game kind of uninformed, you know, you don't really know much about your opponent, you might have to make some assumptions. But let's assume. For the sake of this conversation, it's a league team that we play twice a year. I've done an ample job of scouting, and I know the team, and I know their personnel and what their strengths and weaknesses are. We might play someone as a driver first. I think that's called a a, a rondo, a rondo closeout, referring to uh, a player that maybe looks to drive before they look to shoot. A non-shooter, a very good driver who we're going to close out short. That way, we're using the scouting information and their tendencies to help us defend uh, the play or the help us execute the closeout better by closing out a little bit short on someone that we know not to be a shooter. And we give ourselves just a little extra space based on the assumption that they're going to drive it or not shoot it. Second would be the antithesis of that. The, the other extreme of that would be like, we got a guy like Ray Allen, hey, a guy who's just got a, a you know, on a, on a catch and shoot, they're gonna they're thinking shot first, they, they make a nice percentage of their shot. So we've got to sort of at the very least contest the shot, but preferably like close hard to their shooting shoulder and get them off the line and get them out of their shooting motion. Again, the, 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 the idea here is to take away the, the strength of the player. If someone is a, uh, their strength is a driver. We want to make them a shooter by closing them out short If someone's strength is a shooter. We want to make them a driver by closing them out. All the way into their body, contesting the shot and running them off the line. So, yeah. So it's the yeah, that's the idea of of just like make them do what they don't prefer to do. And these these names given these out are obviously get, given, you know, based on players that we can all recognize from you know famous NBA players. But
0: uh, we're kind of showing our age here, though a little bit. Yeah, now. they
1: may need to be updated. Let's <laughs> call it a Duncan Robinson for the Ray Allen or something like that, or you know. Yeah, and then the Kobe closeout would be let's maybe we'll call that the, the Durant closeout now or something like that. Like, like where this is the complete player. Like we've got to do, we kind of got to do both. We've got to be close enough to, to be able to impact the, the the shot and and aware that this player can also drive. So that's the probably the toughest one. Which which um, you know I, I would argue that sort of like. To do both is to do neither. That's just some food for thought. <laughs> the the general principle of here of having types of closeouts based on personnel is just take take players away from their strengths.
0: And this video will show it here. I think we uh, you know, talking about first of all the short choppies, Kyle guy kind of going on the short choppies into the player. And then yeah. obviously not with the hands up, somebody who's not a shooter there.
1: Yeah, so it's it's um it's You can clearly see what we talked about in the first um, slide of run, run, chop, chop, you know, two, two steps of running and then chop, chop into the player, into his personal space, into his bubble. Um, Like you said, um, he, he, he stops short, like we talked about early. Um, And then very subtle at the end, you see him flip his hips to where he's, he's taking, you know, pack line commandments, no baseline or. Another way of saying it is, like, don't get beat to the outside. So you see him as he approaches the player at the very end sort of, like, flip his hips to where he's he's pushing to his teammate who's sitting in the gap rather than pushing to the baseline where he would get beat outside.
0: Um, and, and, and wait back and then yeah. basically arriving back on balance there. once he's yeah, like, you that. don't
1: have a crystal ball. You don't know what the player is going to do but um, you maybe have some information about their tendencies, but like your weight does need to be back. If this player does want to catch it and rip and immediately drive you baseline, we want to push and reach with our feet, like explosively push off one foot, reach with the other to try to make sure that drive goes east or west, not north or south directly at the rim into the paint. Because no baseline, no paint. Right. And if we do get beat, we get beat in the direction of where our support defender is. And that would be right. to the middle. Right.
0: Yeah. I do think sometimes there's this idea that <clears throat> we close out and we just raise our hands and that's kind of the end of it. If they shoot, then they shoot. But they do contest. Sure. Second jumper, right? If
1: this, uh, as you see in the, 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 the video in the bottom right corner, they get in the air with a defender on the, on the shooting shoulder, hand up, and try to impact the shot. What you see here, who is this Clemson? Yeah, okay. Clemson, you know, this would be kind of what I call shooting over the defense, right? Like they they don't really shoot with a big advantage, they shoot with a very small advantage. You know, he can test the shot, maybe speeds up the shot, maybe you know, makes the guy put a little bit more arch on it or or impacts his vision somehow. But the big thing that, that I see in this this clip in the bottom right corner would be that the shape of the Virginia defense is intact, right? Like there's five white uniformed players inside of the five orange uniformed players. So they just shot over our defense, which we contested the shot. We got in the air with it, with the shooter. And now we're in position to get perfect world sort of basketball camp drill blockouts where no one's in rotation. No one's two V one, our, our disadvantage, we should be able to block out every would-be rebounder here. So they shot over our shell, basically. That would be uh, uh, w- with us contesting a shot with a hand in the face, of, of an acceptable outcome for this defense, for sure.
0: All right, so those are closeouts. Let's talk about this is a small-sided game here. This is actually, those of you that may look familiar to you, that follow the Fast Model account. This is the Chalk Talk drill that I used this okay. week. So the ball starts actually with a def- in a defender's hand and you position your other defensive players already in their gaps or in help. Or helpline, That's why you have X3 on the helpline there, and then X1 is in the gap. Uh, This diagram shows passing out to the one. You can throw it to whichever one. Yeah, you can skip it over
1: the top, yeah.
0: And you close out using the techniques that Randy just described, and then you're live three-on-three. Run, run, chop, chop, stop short. If they want to drive it, we're trying to level it
1: off right or left. Everyone moving on airtime. So on X2's pass to one, X3 would probably move a little more toward the lane line as the balls move. X2, obviously, they, they would move into the gap. So if one did drive it back to their right hand, they're sitting in that gap. And then, yeah, so that's a good start to that drill to check for the technique of a closeout. You could skip it from X2 all the way to player three in the left corner. In which case X three would have to execute what we talked about, those big steps, like that stealing second base footwork of crossover step one, two, very cover, cover most of the ground in those first two big exaggerated sprint driving steps, and then chop 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 into the bubble of three. So you're there on the catch. Yeah, good drill. I, I like that. I like uh, that it initiates with the defense too.
0: Before we go, wanna tell you about our sponsors from Sideline Interactive you may be wanting to increase the revenue for your program or improve the look of your gym. Sideline interactive is the leading manufacturer of scoring tables and video display boards from high schools and coaches, colleges around the country to find out more about sideline interactive, visit sidelineinteractive.com. Appreciate all of you who joined us this week on the live show. If you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch the full episodes on the radius athletics YouTube page. Just search hoops forum plus radius athletics, or you can see, listen to the full Show on a quick timeout podcast. Just search for a quick timeout, and there you'll find the audio version of this show. Thanks for tuning in this week. Randy Sherman, I'm Tony Miller. We'll talk to you again next week on Hoops Form.